Hello and welcome to the podcast from Scoop Empire. This is Behind the Scoop with Mark. It's Monday the 9th of May and hope you're settling back into things after the long Eid break. Loads of stuff happened over the holidays as well. There was the Met Gala. Everybody was talking about that. Uh, a little band played at the Pyramids. Maroon somebody or other. Uh, they were on. That was everywhere over social media. And also uh, some stuff to tell you about happening just a few days ago. A big wedding took place at Sahel Hashish in Egypt. It was the showbiz wedding of the year, or the latest one anyway. Basant uh, Shawi and Mohammed Farag Figo are getting married. And there's some lovely pictures on scoopempire.com. She was wearing a lace mermaid dress without the flippers, though. There was no like mermaid flippers, sadly. And uh, Farag was wearing a fitted beige suit. Not many people can pull off beige, but he does it very well. Uh, so, big wedding over the weekend. You can see a lovely video of them right now at scoopempire.com and on our Insta right there. Elsewhere, there's been a bit of a scam going on in Dubai, and this is how it works. It's a text message that you get, which costs you cash, four ninety nine if you click on the link. We couldn't leave your parcel due to unpaid custom fees, is the message, uh, and four ninety nine uh, is the money that you will be charged in dirhams, and it's a scam, so be aware of that. And it's been announced in Egypt by the Ministry of Local Development and the Supreme Committee. I want to be on a committee that's called the Supreme Committee, by the way. Uh, what the opening hours for shops and malls are this summer. Shopping malls are going to be operating from 7 a.m., as if, uh, till 11 p.m. And uh, cafes from 5 a.m. This is when they're allowed to open, by the way, right up until 1 a.m. And it doesn't apply to supermarkets or bakeries or pharmacies or fruit and vegetable vendors uh, or other vital services. Uh, and they're the opening hours of the podcast today. I'm going to be speaking to the wonderful Lara Skandar. Uh, speaking of weddings, she got married uh, in recent times and became a mother as well. We'll talk about that. And she did that amazing performance in front of the president in Luxor with Hamei. All that to talk about and much more right here on Behind the Scoop. On the podcast today with my guest, we're talking love, motherhood, nerves, and singing for the president, and much, much more as well. My guest is the singer, Lara Skandar. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm very glad to be here. It's really nice to have you. Now, I was just talking about uh, Basant Shoei and... Muhammad uh, Farag. And Muhammad Farag, yeah. They got married and stuff. And I mentioned before that you got yes. married in recent times, but it's not actually that recent, is it? No, it's going on five years now. Wow. A long time. And how is A married long, life? A long time. <laughs> I, I feel like people shouldn't ask that question because it's a very broad question, right? <laughs> married life is good. I mean, I feel like it... it works for me if that makes any sense mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um like i know this sounds so cliche but he's my best friend but not my best friend in the sense we're like oh my god like i can't live without him and we tell each other everything and all that it's like he's my best friend like i cannot like when sometimes when we're in front of each other we probably can't stand each other but i wouldn't have it any other way because the second he's gone like when he goes to work or when he's traveling or when i'm traveling it's like he's the one person that i just feel like i just need to physically have next to me it's just like this is our dynamic but like I just wouldn't have it any other way like of course it has its ups and downs 
It definitely does, especially when you have children. But we we love each other, but we're also friends and we let each other breathe. And we're all we, we also love doing a lot of things together. So it's like a perfect balance. And I that think it's beautiful to hear. And how long have you been together? Because you've been married for five. For eight have, years. You obviously still like each other and you still laugh together, which is we, the we tolerate each thing. other. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes we do we do we do you know what's really funny about our relationship is we we get along so well but we bicker like an old married couple but I think that that's what because we don't fight but you know what though it's that's a really beautiful thing because that's what being in a relationship is about isn't it it's uh of course you know, you've got to take the rough with the smooth but I think it's about outlook as well isn't it? it's about choosing someone or being with someone who has that kind of positive outlook and or or is uh, a genuinely a, a generally happy person we've all been in like toxic relationships or bad relationships of course we have and that that's good experience it teaches you what you what you try and stay away from isn't it <laughs> it, it kind of teaches you what you what, it kind of teaches you what you de- deserve what you don't deserve what you should expect when you're in a proper and serious relationship and i feel like I feel like people need to experience relationships before they settle down. And that's why I always like, this is just going off topic, but I, I just, yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? It's a tough one. Me. It is though, but it, it, you have, you have to know what you like and what you don't like and what you're willing to, um, I don't, I hate using the word sacrifice, but what you're willing to compromise for or what you're not willing to compromise for, um, what you're willing to accept upon yourself in a relationship. And I feel like to do that, you have to have, gone into your final relationship knowing that you've given your all to other people and into other relationships so that you can and make mistakes differently and made the mistakes and make mistakes right. of course and yeah. break parts and have your heart broken and and love and love differently because every relationship is a different kind of love right thank um, god <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank god for that but it is yeah it, it is it really is and that's why I feel like once you come to, I mean, the person that you end up marrying or the person that you end up being with, regardless of, I mean, the status of the relationship, but it's a different kind of love. It's like, I've seen everything, I've experienced everything, and I'm here, and this is all of me with my flaws, with my experiences, with the good side and the bad, and and I expect the same from you. And I feel like once you have that mutual understanding of your past experiences and your past uh heartbreaks and everything you've gone through in life then you can move forward together there's a beautiful line in a film which no one likes apart from me i think called meet joe black that anthony hopkins delivers and he says reveal everything there is to know about yourself and let the chips fall where they may and that's what being in love is about for someone to know everything about not everything obviously but all you flaws. no but like exactly so basically uh lara and me kids kids if you're listening try before you buy you know, uh, <laughs> put yourself around a bit. <laughs> so I hope people don't mistake what I'm saying. <laughs> like mothers are going to be calling me. <laughs> so how does being a parent change things? Because that obviously in a lot of relationships can put a lot of extra pressures on. How do you deal with it? That? How do you navigate that? And how did you take to being a mom? So first of all, to answer your first question, being a parent is, or being a mom, uh, I can't speak for, for fathers, but I, I mean, I, I love my own father. I love my husband as a father. So I'm, it is the best thing ever. But uh, being a mom is the most rewarding and self-fulfilling and beautiful experience that I have ever experienced in my life. And I like to think of myself as a person who has seen a lot, experienced a lot. 
um, it's the best thing ever. It really is like it, it, it just, it's completely changed me. Maybe not in the most obvious ways. Like I'm still the same person, but internally it's just, it's, I mean, it's, it's a love that I mean, I, I used to always remember my parents telling me we grew up in a home. They always told us how much they loved us, but oh, I thought it was just something your parents told you. But I did not understand oh, it until I had. <laughs> but, okay. but I really didn't understand it until I I had my my daughter, and it it's a beautiful experience. I mean, it's definitely it puts a lot of pressure on on marriages for sure because for so many reasons. I mean, I mean, we're we're, we're young adults. We're starting our lives, so obviously financially, it's 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 a lot raising a child buying things for kids i mean it, i was shocked by how expensive like strollers are and like sterilizers and like yeah. herbs and oh, it was crazy like going through like i remember going through like the budgeting of everything was like oh what are we doing and just you're not sleeping you're not eating you're you're taking shifts and like you wake up like cranky and but it's the most rewarding experience i have ever experienced and I have yet to experience and I don't think I will experience it again until I probably have like hopefully like a second child but it's an why stop at two Laura why stop at two uh no I think I'm good I don't think <laughs> I can do more than two for now was there a number <laughs> but, when you were growing uh, up do you think oh well I want to have four children I want a house like this I, kind of I thought like I think as like a little girl I wanted like 12 kids because I love babies I had my first oh. one and I looked at my husband and I was like okay I'm definitely not gonna have this child be an only child but I am not doing this again like that's it like the pregnancy and the birth and like they were both beautiful experiences to be honest but no like it's I mean, at the end of the day, we're the, us as women, we carry that physical burden the entire time. So not oh, everyone's you, just willing you to keep go on about it. it, though, don't you? I mean, it's not that. It can't be well, that. We hard. do. Oh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Let's, I'm let, kidding. let's not get into that. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I didn't realize this, this was going to be such a, um, uh, a lovely interview, by the way, and, and talking about love. Oh, and, exactly. and it's really nice. <laughs> well, tell us about the performance that you did with Heme, which is fabulous. And this was like a big event. Tell us what the event was for anybody, anybody who doesn't know or, or didn't see it and, and how that came about. Yes. So this was basically an event done by obviously the Egyptian government, the Ministry of Tourism. It was to inaugurate the Sphinx Avenue in Lhotsur. And it's, um, I mean, historically, it was an avenue where it would take you to from one temple to the other. And the ancient Egyptians had like ceremonies and all that. And they basically sort of excavated it, brought it back to life. And it's similar to the mummies, mummy parade that they had. It actually came out really randomly because I was in Budapest shooting uh, the film that I was shooting. And I get a call from a girl I used to go to uni with that I haven't spoken to in years. So she called and she was like, I work for Saadi Gohar, the agency that does these events. And she's like, would you be willing to sing in front of the president in Lhotsur with Hame'i? <laughs> like it was just it was getting better and better and better. Um, I had said yes. Like I said yes. And then I hung up and realized, like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, I don't know what I said yes to. I don't know what the song is. I don't know what I'm meant to be doing. Like, <laughs> well, it's weird because I remember when, 
the mummy's parade was going to be happening and everybody was yeah. like, oh, this is going to be terrible. This is going to be awful. Everybody was ready to give it a kicking. And then the production values and the whole show and the whole thing mm-hmm. happened and it looked fantastic. Everybody was very proud. It was super you know? impressive. Yeah. And then this one happened. So pressure's on. Mm-hmm. So you must know then that the whole country is going to be watching. And, of you know, course. social media being what it is, people like to have their comments. How did you approach that? Well, first of all, uh, talking about social media, I've been doing this for 12 years now. I was, I started doing this at a time where social media wasn't what it is now, but it still was as cruel. So a few years ago, I just told myself that I was going to never let things on social media get to me. And I've done a pretty good job at sort of Xing it out. So that wasn't an issue as much as it was not to mess up in front of the president, not to mess up on TV because this was live. And all I could think of was, you're going to fall, your dress is too long, your heels are too high. Do you remember the lyrics? No, you don't remember the lyrics. What word comes after this word? Like what? That was my issue at that moment because everything else was going to sort itself out later. It was that moment. And I remember, I am so used to being on stage and I love being on stage. And I remember during rehearsals, we were, Hamaya and I were rehearsing for like, an entire week in Lusur and everything was super easy like we were just walking in walking out we knew where like where our marks were we knew the lyrics we were doing everything and then right before going on stage I just look at him and I'm like um no I can't do this so he was like what are you talking about I was like no like I just I'm getting a bit too nervous like I know I get like the good kind of nervous and then go on stage and forget I'm like no no it's not a good kind of nervous he's like listen we're going on stage and like 30 seconds you need to suck it up you you've been doing well in the rehearsals like yalla like we're, we're not and was he like, nervous yalla. like well, he must have he must have been nervous he, he too, was right? nervous he was he was nervous but i mean he probably gave himself like a really good pep talk something that i did not give myself i forgot to give myself just along the way so i mean of course he was nervous but he is more like he's he's more experienced he's done maybe not in front of the president but he's done these kinds of big performances before keep in mind i haven't performed in egypt specifically in a very long time so this was um in a way this was like a, a comeback slash like a thank you to like it was just it was the first time for me to be seen in egypt in a really long time so for me a lot was at stake here yeah, so you kind and, of put you back in front of people, front and center. People go, oh, I've, I've forgotten how good she is. Um, uh, so has that opened new doors for you then, Laura? Definitely. I'm not going to lie and sit here and say that, oh, like, it, it could have done without it. No, like in Egypt specifically, it opened a lot of doors. It, it had people who sort of maybe, I like anyone who didn't know me obviously knew me, whether they liked it or not. Like that was just in front of them that day, like, it was in, in their face, but it had also people who sort of forgotten about me or people who watched me on the reality show that I was on years ago and maybe hadn't followed my career since then be like, oh, you know what? Like we remember her. Like it was just a, re- it was just really good exposure, period. I mean, I've always had this struggle here in Egypt where I'm not Egyptian enough, right? But I'm, but right. To, to, to non-Egyptians, I'm not foreign enough. So it was always this identity crisis of like, I identify as Egyptian, but you don't identify me as an Egyptian. So who am I? So them choosing me to sort of be that liaison of the Egyptian that sings in foreign languages to appeal to the foreign audience was perfect because it gave me this sort of acceptance that I didn't have for some time over here. And 
I needed that. I appreciated it, but I also needed it. Does it help you put to bed the Star Academy uh, thing? Is that like, was that like something that was hanging around your neck? And does that it was, sometimes stop it you was, from being taken seriously in some places? Not necessarily taken seriously, but I feel like it just, like years later, like people would be introducing me in, in an interview or whatever and be like Star Academy. And I'd be like, really? Like this was, I don't know how many, it was like literally over a decade ago, but it's just sort of this, I don't, I don't want to use the word burden because I, I loved my experience there. And obviously it made me, it put me on the map and everything, but sometimes you want to move on from your past and people sort of stigmatize you or just sort of keep linking you to, to, to your past. And I don't have anything against it. I just feel like I've moved on so much since then. So That's yeah, fantastic, I mean, it's, I'm glad. It's I'm happy great. for you. Thank what you. is coming up then? So I have the, so there's the film coming out that I was shooting, um, that I had, obviously I told you I started shooting since 2020 and now we're 2022, so it's been quite some time. Um, th- this film is coming out apparently soon, within the next couple of months, I think. What and then I it? also have, it's called Kira Wilgin. It's it's um, a novel by Ahmed Murad, who wrote Il Fil Al Azra. Marwan Hamid. And, uh, Marwan Hamid, of course. The Kareem Abdelaziz is in it. Uh, yes. Many people. I'm in it as well. You're in it, are you? I, I am in it, yes. I think. <laughs> well, I'm just in the background. I, I spent a week in, in the Cafe Riche uh, set. You're um, kidding. <laughs> uh, watching Kareem Abdelaziz do his magic. And it's uh, <laughs> it was a wonderful experience. I cannot, how... wait, I cannot wait to see this film because the production values, it's like one of the most expensive movies ever. It's crazy. The production value is crazy. Everything, like every minute detail in this film is like super well thought out. Um, it's, it's, I mean, I think it's going to be a brilliant film. So aside from the fact that I'm in it, like I, I was super excited to, to, to watch it. And actually that's why I took on the role because I didn't want to act like it's not something I wanted to do, but first of all, I mean, acting for Marwan Hamid in a film, that's like a big, big deal and a big honor. Also the, the story was just so intriguing and I love history. I'm obsessed with history. So just, I love period dramas. The dialogue is so good. Very, very. Um, everything about it, even the costumes, like everything, um, everything is just detailed to a T. And I love that. So so I'm really excited for this film to come out. Yeah, so that's that's then. And then <laughs> I found out that the TV series that I shot with Esri Yassin um, and Khaled Asawi is going to be out, I think, this month, if I'm not mistaken. I think uh-huh. very soon because the... The trailer came out a couple of weeks ago, so I'm assuming it's. He's never off the telly, is he? He's never off the TV, is he? I seen. He's a hardworking guy. He's. I can tell you, he's a very hardworking guy. And what I, going back to being a mom and being a dad, what I love about him is he's such a hardworking guy, but he is also an amazing father to his kids. He's super present. He's always there. He gives them so much of his time. His son and my daughter became friends through us working together. Family. Yeah, they're the same age, so they have their play dates together all oh, the time nice. as well. Well, do you know what? If if, if we go on any longer, Lara, we're going to be going out live with this podcast because <laughs> we, have to, we have to put it out to people <laughs> at some point. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I tend to just start and not stop. No, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Um, so that's coming out. You've got uh, uh, Kieran Elgin, 
And are we going to hear some singing from you soon? Yes, I would love that. I just need to, I would love that. You know that everyone asks me that and I ask myself that sometimes. I said, I have songs that are ready, the ones that I was supposed to release in 2020. Yeah. Uh, but my problem is like creatively, my 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 ideas change, my taste change changes, and I just feel like what I wanted to release earlier in 2020 is just not what I want to the give out now. now. Yeah. You know, it's it's not artistically where I am. It's not the sounds and whatever. So, and I didn't have time, unfortunately, to to work on music um, because I was juggling being a mom and working on a film and working on a series. And like I said, we were traveling a lot for both projects. So now that I'm done with both, I feel like this is the time to give whatever time I have uh, for work to get to put into my music. And Absolutely. I feel like that's what I really want to do. I just want to at least do something right musically by the end of this year. And that's my goal fingers, right now. So hopefully. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed to hear some new music from you. And also hopefully. best of luck. Best of luck with the uh, acting and uh, the upcoming projects uh, that we're going to be able to see. Lara, it's been Thank such you. a lovely, lovely conversation. I've absolutely loved talking to you. Thank you so much for being on the I podcast. I did too. Thank you so much. I feel like now being a mom, like you just need someone to ask you how your day's been and just like a simple <laughs> question about yourself. And you've done over and above. So thank you. Every every few weeks, you, you can be a guest. Give me a call. Guest every few weeks. All <laughs> right. No problem whatsoever. <laughs> lovely to talk to you. Lara Skanda, thank you. Thank you. That's Lara Skandar, our guest on the podcast today. And if you would like to get in touch, perhaps suggesting someone you'd like to hear on the podcast, you can email Mark at scoopempire.com as well. And join me tomorrow on Behind the Scoop. <laughs>